God can't bless who you pretend to be or who you compare yourself to. He can only bless you and the lane that was created for you. I feel that for somebody. You don't need no edge entity, you need boundaries. What? I don't need your likes, I don't need your validation. All I need is a God fighting for me that says all things, all things, all things. Everybody wants to be booed up, but the thing is that once you get booed up, you realize in order to successfully stay booed up, you need to learn how to be by yourself. Otherwise, it creates codependency. The only issue is that so many of us are looking forward to that moment when we are one with someone else that we don't take enough time to be one with ourselves. Uh, that's your area. Didn't you write a book yeah, about that? Yeah, it was almost like plagiarism a little bit right there. Oh, really? Yeah, you was about to get me? I was about to call the lawyers. <laughs> there, it's no, the but, same lawyers. That's true. Yeah, and that's Damn, something. Right? That's a conflict of interest. <laughs> that's all right. I like it. Like it's that. all good. But no, no, I, I, I'm a firm believer in two halves don't make a whole. And so if you want to have a good whole union, you got to be a good whole union. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. So today we're talking with Shanice and Ray. Now, before you even start talking about whatever, they're not together, okay? They just met, <laughs> all right? So don't be trying. This is not, you're not a prophet. Right, you don't right, see nothing right. happening. <laughs> we don't need it in the comments. Let the Lord do what the Lord gonna do when uh-huh, you stay uh-huh. out the way, okay? <laughs> Ray and Shanice, thank y'all. Thank, thank you. you so much. Thank, thank you. you so much. That was funny. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> okay, so you guys have to tell us, like, what has your journey with singleness been like so far? Is anytime someone sees a single person and then they try to put y'all together like what is it like being single in this day and age it's rough um i haven't really been dating so i can't really say that people are trying to pair but i do hear a lot of the conversations and uh, most of my 20s i just entered into my 30s so most of my 20s i was in a relationship so now coming out of that um I understand what y'all are saying about being whole and two two halves don't make a whole because I found all of my broken pieces in my singleness. Mm. While I was with someone, it was easy to camouflage what was broken in me with that person. So I didn't realize where I needed to be matured. Wow. Well, I mean, that's that's very powerful what you said. And I kind of share that same uh, experience. But for me, you know, in my singleness, it's a lot of confidence. Like, because I'm very focused. I know what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm in my Boaz stage, as in, you know, that's what I like to call it. Because he was a man who was focused, he was intentional, and he wasn't really looking for a relationship. He was just focused on the assignment that God has given him. And that's kind of where I'm at in life, is where, you know, I'm focused on what God has in store for me, and I want to make sure that I'm a great conduit in, to, you know, to bless someone else, to really bring someone with me. You know what I mean? Because what's the point? I always say, you know, marriage is not the end goal. If it is the end goal, then, you know, we're no different from unbelievers. Mm. See what I'm saying? So I want to get well done, my good and faithful servant. And that comes from an assignment. So I'm trying to focus on the assignment. And then when a person comes in, if we're compatible for this assignment, let's do it. <laughs> That's beautiful. You know, I'm appreciative of the fact that Believers are beginning to shy away from this idea of the goal, to your point, the goal being marriage. Um, I want to come back to something that you said, Shanice, because it's really, really powerful. And you you said that um, when you were in a relationship, it allowed you 
to your brokenness to hide because you didn't have a, a, an opportunity to to really spend time with you. And I was thinking about I wrote in the other book balance, mm-hmm. and I was talking about the word alone. And when you hear the mm-hmm. word alone, uh, it has like a negative. Uh, connotation to it, you know. There, he's over there sitting at dinner alone, or yeah, let me go over to talk to him. But, but that word, in its original uh, language, the original etymology of the word, is the phrase "alone" was actually a phrase, and it was the phrase "alana," and the phrase "alana," which is where we get the word "alone" from, actually means "all one." Wow. So, so when you are alone you can become all one. That's where you find your wholeness. And then when you become all one, then you can see clearly about where you want to place yourself. And so there's a difference between being alone and lonely. And it really comes down to perspective. That's so good. Because I think as women, the idea that marriage is not the goal, it goes against everything. Like all of the things yeah. that society, yeah. I mean, not even just yeah. church. I mean, Disney yeah. is all about finding this happily ever after. Yeah. And I do think that there is a worthy deconstruction of our philosophies and even maybe some people's theology mm-hmm. that would allow us to mm-hmm. focus on being all one within yeah. ourselves mm-hmm. as opposed to finding the one. Because mm-hmm. when you tell a woman without someone in your life, you are incomplete, then women can walk around Mm -hmm. feeling like I'm half of a woman, I'm not there yet. And I believe the most liberating thing that ever happened to me is when I was in my previous marriage and I had this thought that crossed my mind and it was like, I can do better than this. Mm -hmm. I can become all one outside of this context Mm -hmm. of marriage, Mm -hmm. even though Mm -hmm. it looks like one to everyone else, I'm broken inside. Mm -hmm. And so having to really come to that uh, realization that all one didn't necessarily mean being with someone. Yeah. Changing my life. You know what's hitting me right now, and I'd never seen this before, but Revelation is flowing. All one. There's a, in, in Jewish thought and in biblical thought, there's this phrase and it's based on a verse and it's called the Shema and it's in Deuteronomy. And it literally, it's a founding fundamental principle in Judeo-Christian reality. And it is the Lord God is one. The Lord God is one. Mm. And so if we're created in God's image, wow. then it is our, our foundational identity mm. to be like our creator who is all one. Yeah. I'd never seen that before. Mm. I think mm-hmm. we're, we're onto something. We're oh, my something. goodness. Yeah. I'm sorry. You making my head spin. <laughs> when, he said, when you said that, Pastor, immediately... I thought of 1 Corinthians 6, 17. Whoever is joined to the Lord ah, is one spirit. Now that's it. Yeah. And one where spirit. the spirit of the Lord is, come, there's liberty. Come on. Liberty from chasing, <laughs> trying to find somebody to be old. Come on. You, come on, preacher. You, preacher. you the pastor. You the pastor. It, it, just, it just invigorated my spirit because whenever, because I went, I have been through some bad relationships and I was broken. I felt lost. I feel like, okay, is this is this all this to me? Like, is it more to this? Is it just sex? Like, come yeah. on, what, what's what's yeah. more to this? Yeah. And when I was broken in my room, I said, I need to discover who I am. Yeah. And when I discovered who he was, then I knew who I was. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it just it's just what you're saying about being one with him is yes. that's where your identity is. That's where you can find wholeness, yeah. and that's when you can really 
be, you know, maximize mm. what you've been designed and created to do mm. here. You know what I mean? So that's so on brand this month at Woman Evolve, we're talking about hope to bloom. Mm. And the center focus really is how do we position ourselves to really bloom in self-confidence in different areas of our lives. And I feel like this revelation is exactly the way that we can ensure constant blooming, mm. that we can make sure from season to season to season that we are discovering who we are in God, what that means to the world we're showing up in, and how do we show up as one? How do we pull back when we're showing up in pieces? Like, I'm not in a place to show up as one, so I got to create boundaries right now. Mm -hmm. I'm not in a position to show up as one, so I got to readjust my assignments mm -hmm. and responsibilities because my ultimate goal is to make sure that I can show up as one yeah, no matter where I am, married wow. or not, <laughs> kids yeah. or not. You know what I mean? Like, I got to be able to show up as one. Come back to one, because one is where the confidence is, it's where the mm. hope is, it's where the glory is. Mm -hmm. And if it's going to flow, it's going to flow through one. The number one goal in life is to be whole. Yeah. Now that's going to mess with some Christians theology because they're <laughs> like, no, the number one uh, uh, goal in life, hear me clearly, in life, in life is to be whole. But then it says to be saved. No, 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 no. Because if that was the number one goal, the moment you, you got saved, you would be zapped. Wow. But you're still here. So why are you here? Well, then once they do the Lord's work, but you can't do the work. The more whole you are, yeah. which makes you look more like your father, the better you can reflect God wow. and do the Lord's work. What if the number one objective, what if we created a culture in the church and in the world where the number one objective, the number one passion and desire above fame, fortune, and whatever is ultimately to be whole because I have learned when I'm whole, uh, I'm healthy. Yeah. I'm wealthy. Yeah. Uh, I do relationships well. I mean, I mean that's the principle of balance. Yeah. yeah. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. What I know for sure is working with the right therapist can help you find your most authentic self. I've been in therapy for some time now, and after doing the inner work, I'm feeling like the highest version of myself these days. Therapy is an effective way to set boundaries, manage stress, address trauma, and practice self-compassion. If you're considering therapy, I invite you to give BetterHelp a try. It's convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online. After filling out a brief questionnaire, BetterHelp will match you to a licensed therapist who fits your needs and preferences. Did I mention you get to choose your method of communication? Talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable. That's text, chat, phone, or video. It's the flexibility for me. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can help you get there. Visit betterhelp.com evolve today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com evolve. Okay, this is so good. Like, we have not been flowing like this. <laughs> we didn't stumble onto something. Because yeah. I'm literally thinking, like, I'm thinking about the moments in my life where I'm not showing up as mm -hmm. one. And to be able to capture a thought because it is an assignment against my oneness. There you go. There you go. Get Come out on. of here. There you go. 
Come on. To categorize that properly, like mm-hmm. this thought is an attack against my oneness. Yeah. So to show up anyway is an act of resistance mm-hmm. because I must, I got to stay tight. Mm-hmm. I got to stay one. And I already wow. know what this thought is. I already know what that conversation is going to be. I already yeah. know what this friendship is going to be. Wow. It is an attack against my oneness. And right now I got to stay. Can't you, can't you see? Okay, we got to stop. Okay. <laughs> but I hear, I see one all throughout the Bible. Yeah. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And these three are one. one. The Word, the Blood, the Spirit, and these things are one. All it's one is all through, and the two shall become one. One is all throughout the scripture. Even one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, one Father of all, who's above all and through all in one. This is crazy. I know y'all brought questions for us, though. Yes. Does God instruct you on who to marry, or is that left up to your faith and your choice? Oh, this is such a profound question. Okay. Does God instruct you on who to marry, or does he leave it up to you and your faith and your choice? The answer is both. I was going to say the same thing. That's the only thing that ain't one. Yeah, right, right. Both. Well, the two are one. Ah, I think the two are one. Mm -hmm. Because God can use your choice and your faith to realize his will. I, I don't think, I think that God allows us to participate in, in, in what he wants to do. I mean, he could advance the kingdom, right. but he says, no, I'm going to put the, the mantle of the kingdom on you and I'm going to let you advance my kingdom. God could, you know, he created the heavens and earth and then he created us. And I'm going to get back to more a pragmatic answer, but he creates the heavens and the earth. He does all of this as an extension of himself. And he says, go and have dominion. He could have just had dominion, but he wanted us to participate. Uh, Philippians 2.13 says that it is God who works in us, causing us to, I'm going to paraphrase, this is the PT translation, causing us to desire what he wants to give us. And so I, Sarah, God spoke to me and told me that Sarah was my wife, but she was also my choice and my faith. So I think that, I don't think that God is the type of God that will say, marry someone that you don't desire. I think that God will put desire in you for the one that God has called you to. So that's why I say it's both, because God does have a choice, but he puts your desire for his choice in you. Wow, that's that's deep. That makes sense? Yeah, Yeah. I like that. How do you properly prioritize your calling and your marriage? Ooh, that's that's wonderful. So there's there's nothing, and I'm going to level set. There's nothing in life more important than me being in full expression who God created me to be, mm-hmm. right? So that, that's, that's, that's the foundation. That's, that's just the truth. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. All other things will be added. But God is brilliant. And God, when he looks at the totality of my life, God has placed things in my life like my incredible bride and my family and my work and the ministries that I oversee, all of that is a part of God's divine, we'll call it for lack of better terms, the ecosystem of Teray and Teray's calling. All of those play a hand in hand. I'm called to her. So so my marriage is a part of my calling. Uh, And I don't think that, 
particularly in, in a relationship that God has called you to, not a relationship that you put together, but one that, that God put you in, there won't be any elongated season of conflict between what God has called me to and what God has called me to. If there is conflict, I have to take a minute and, and, and first of all, resolve the appearance of conflict because somewhere mm. something is off yeah. and I have to figure that out. So I don't think that me pursuing God will violate me prioritizing my marriage. Yeah. Uh, I have personally discovered that when things are out of alignment in my marriage, my grace for ministry is not there. Wow, yeah. It's, it's, not, it's not there. I might be able to get something done, preach a sermon or whatever, but it's not going to have It'll the hit. glory. It, you it, you it, know it, why? You know why? Yeah. Because we're not. Yeah. We're not one. Wow. So, um, so I don't find it. I have yet to find it difficult to please God in my calling and please my wife um, simultaneously in the same moment. And say, I've I've yet to find that a difficult thing. Wow. Godly marriage is like a house. There are a number of rooms in it. You know, and so, and one of the rooms that we are in are is the room of ministry. So, so our union is a calling. Yeah. You know, so I haven't, I haven't had to, I haven't had to choose yeah. uh, my 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 calling over over my relationship, uh, my marriage. I haven't had to choose. It's it's flowed seamlessly. Uh, but all that to say, the ultimate priority. Uh, is is to please God, and that takes center stage. And I think that if I please God, it'll flow from there all the way down to marriage and family, children, business, and everything else. Whenever there's travel, the health and well-being of myself, my family, and my team are of concern. That's why I keep the ZocDoc mobile app in my back pocket. Should anyone ever need to connect with a local doctor, I can guarantee the booking process will be seamless and they'll be in good hands. ZocDoc is the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, are available when you need them, and treat almost every condition under the sun. Sis, not feeling well in your body is taxing, so searching for great care shouldn't be an additional pain. That's where ZocDoc comes in. Using their free app that millions of users rely on, you can find the right doctor that meets your needs and fits your schedule. The quality care you need is just a few taps away. Go to ZocDoc.com slash WomanEvolve and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's ZocDoc.com slash WomanEvolve. ZocDoc.com slash WomanEvolve. The societal, religious idea that a woman is not complete until she has a man. I finally get a good one, child. Child. Okay. (laughs) Finally get a good one. I think I had an expectation that I would be his world. Yeah. You know, like Prince Charming goes out of his way to find Cinderella. All of these movies sent around this man who finds a woman who is his anchor. And in those moments where I did not feel like I was the center of his world, I struggled. Mm -hmm. 
And I think that part of that struggle was my own trauma, my own, um, you know, struggles with societal expectations being imposed on my expectation of a marriage. But I do think that when you take it back to scripture and it says God blessed them and then told them to have dominion, to subdue, everyone's supposed to have something to do. And if we're fortunate, we get to do it together in relationship. But my responsibility and mandate to my calling, to my anointing doesn't stop just because I got married, nor does his. And so I had to believe that there was space for him to be all of who God has called him to be and to love me too. And it felt like the two couldn't exist at the same time. And I think that was just my own trauma of seeing my dad's life take off and feeling like, where do I fit? And is there still room? for me here. So I think the little girl in me was afraid that the job would be more important, that the work would be more important. But adulthood has taught me, as it relates to him and even my dad, that there's room for both. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and you've done a phenomenal job at making sure that I feel that. You are the center of my world. (laughs) I'm sorry. You you are. uh, To your point, um, they both can coexist. he is the center of, of, of my glory. Mm. He's the center of my identity. But you are the center of my world. You are. I appreciate you. All right now. Yeah. All right now. Mm-hmm. I love you. I love you back. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> How do you trust God and balance your emotions while waiting for your spouse? I'm sorry I had to do that. <laughs> Um, I'm going to assume uh, that that you said balance emotions. I'm going to broaden that out a little bit because I feel like there might be a lot in emotions. If I just take it for emotion's sake, I would take it, you know, um, down the road of uh, feelings of loneliness or feelings of insecurity or feelings of when is it going to happen for me or feelings of I'm frustrated. I've been waiting too long. Uh, but if I, if I, if I pan that out a little wider, I would throw in temptation. You I know it. In- That's so funny. Cause the woman thing about loneliness, the man is thinking about temptation. No, no, I'm, 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 I'm all the way out. And he was like, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's right. Bingo. <laughs> I, I love it. I, I think first of all, it is hard. Yeah. I, I'm not going to front. It, it's, it's, it's hard to be one with God consistently, to be one with God to the level that you are completely satisfied in God consistently. You have flash moments of that. Mm-hmm. You know, you have breakthrough revelations of that and you're good for a week, but then the, the tide changes. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's cuffing season. And, yes, <laughs> and you do get lonely or you do get Tired, mm-hmm. right? Tired. You, you, you get tired. So I want. I would say, first of all, it's hard. Not gonna lie. Second of all, be compassionate towards yourself, wow. right? You, you, you're doing a good job. If you if you got to that place where you and God were okay, at, you know, and you slip a little bit, be compassionate with yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, celebrate the fact that you did tap into the highest version of yourself, mm-hmm. and and if you tapped into the highest version of yourself once, you can get back there, right? But I would say, work the disciplines. Yeah. Uh, what What did you do 
What was your surroundings? What were your disciplines when you were in that high place where all you needed was God and you were cool and your temptations and your hormones weren't run up? What, what did you do to get yourself there? Yeah. Right. And then it becomes about repeating that. It becomes the discipline of do I recognize that if I get weary because I'm not. I'm not working my disciplines that keep me high. If I get weary, I'm going to be in trouble. If I get weary, I'm going to be like saying, oh, Lord, it's me standing in the need of prayer again. <laughs> oh, God, if you get me out of this one. <laughs> you know, that thing that we do, Lord, if you get me out of this one. <laughs> right, right. You know, but work the disciplines. It's hard. Acknowledge it's hard. Not to put this big weight on you, but if you recognize that it's hard, you respect the journey. Wow. Right. If I, if I realize, yo, it, it's, it's, it's hard to be PT. You know, it's hard to be me in the sense that I've got so much going on and I've got so many things to manage and I've got so many opportunities to stumble, fall and make a mistake. I respect my calling. I respect myself enough to say, hey, this is hard. And the only way I'm going to be able to do this is through Christ. And the only way I'm going to be able to do this is through working these particular disciplines. If I work these disciplines, I'm going to be fine. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. For he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season. Whose leaf will not wither. And whatever he does shall prosper. I just quoted Psalm 1 and 3. 1, 1 through 3. We get excited about, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season. Whose leaf will not wither. And whatever he does shall prosper. We get excited about that. We want that. But there was disciplines in place. Wow. Yeah. So, so we see consistency in disciplines and consistency in fruitfulness. So there's a connection between me my leaf not withering and me prospering in whatever I do, the consistency of fruit bearing, there's a connection between the consistency of fruit bearing and the consistency of my discipline. This man's deep, man. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So if I want the consistency of fruit bearing, the consistency of doing well, I have to manage the consistency of my disciplines. Wow. Your girl is getting her fight back both spiritually and physically. Before dropping my youngest daughters off at school, I trained with a boxing coach. Now, I'm not saying I float like a butterfly and sting like a bee, but I do have a mean uppercut. What motivates me the most to stay fit is having more energy to keep up with my girls. So while I'm not obsessed with the number on the scale, I am in need of functional strength and endurance. Whatever your reason is for wanting to make a lifestyle change, Noom Weight is ready to help. Did I mention the app is user-friendly? My favorite features are being able to log my food choices and track my boxing routines. Of course, there's a science to it all. Active first-time numers lose an average weight of 15 pounds in 16 weeks, and 95% of customers say Noom Weight is a good long-term solution. Sis, you may want to give it a try. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom Weight's psychology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at noom.com slash evolve. That's N-O-O-M dot com slash evolve to sign up for your trial today. And check out Noom's first ever book, The Noom Mindset, a deep dive into the psychology of behavior change, available to buy now wherever books are sold. 
It's so funny. I think sometimes people talk about balancing emotions, but what they really want to know also too is like, how can I control them or not feel this again? Mm -hmm. But the truth is to your point about being human, like you're going to experience these emotions. And so the question is, how can I experience them and trust God? And I think a lot for me has come down to identifying them Mm -hmm. because once I identify, oh, this is what loneliness feels like. Mm -hmm. Oh, I felt this before. And then I felt joy after it too. You can also recognize that it's past it's seasonal, mm-hmm. but really having the language and the vocabulary to identify them instead of trying to control them mm-hmm. or not feel it at all, mm-hmm. to look it dead in the face and say, this yeah. is loneliness. <laughs> what triggered this? Like, okay, I can't listen to that song. That right. movie yeah. did me yeah. in. All right, this is what this is. And because I'm trying to stay one, yeah. I have to create a boundary yeah. to help me not feel this way yeah. again so that I can continue to wait in hope for mm-hmm. what is going to be next for me. Absolutely. And be compassionate with yourself. Yeah. Don't don't listen. You know, we got we have an accuser, right? Yeah. We already have a force outside of us trying to put us down and tell us what we're not. Don't don't join his army. Yeah. You know. And and then who are we? This is the last thing I'm gonna say. But then who who are we to not be merciful to us when God is merciful? Wow. Who are we to basically say, God, you're stupid for being merciful towards wow, me? Wow, wow, wow. My, my, my righteousness, my judgment of myself is better than your judgment, you know? And he says, I throw it in the sea of forgetfulness. He says that I'm merciful. He, he says, with loving kindness, I've drawn you. And so be compassionate with yourself. Man. I don't know. This conversation, oh, like, it feels like a power punch. Like mm-hmm. six, <laughs> mm-hmm. six weeks of like some type of therapy patched into mm-hmm. one video. And if you are not blooming, hopefully you got a little bit of water over your confidence and maybe some sunlight hit that seed that's buried. But I'm hoping that there's something sprouting up. Self-confidence is a long journey, but when we place our confidence in the truth of who God says we are and the strength of what we can do, when we really set our mind to it. Blooming is the only option. So here's to you. We hope you bloom.